Sandy oh, Chocoblock. <laughs> Herbie, how are we travelling today? Good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, good, good. we got a cracking show again. I went to a place which is unbelievable, yeah. and it's in Australia. So we know we talk to oh, so many international fishermen yep. or anglers. Well, this one's a little bit different, and we're going to Justin from Coral Coast Helicopter Services. Now, Justin, just before we get into the fishing side of things, do you want to just tell Herb... What you do? What is Coral Coast? Where is it? And what do you do? Yeah, good day, Spider. Good day, Herb. Hey, mate. I um, got a little company in uh, Carnarvon called Coral Coast Helicopter Services. We operate uh, adventure tourism activities out of there, all based around uh, getting there with a helicopter. Now, when you talk about uh, you know helicopter, Carnarvon, WA, that west coast of um, oh, Australia, can you explain to well everybody? What's it like for those people who have never been there? Well, Carnarvon's probably one of the most remote and um, oh, rewarding little locations along that uh, coastline, mate. It's it's insane. You know, we've got... It, it's really super underrated. So we've got these beautiful beaches that, that run north and then it runs into a really rugged, rocky coastline from about Quabba north. And then you're getting into that Ningaloo, Nalu coastline. So... We've really got the best of everything. We've got islands offshore, which provide some of the best fishing in the country, I believe. Oh, so very much it's so. Just, it, it's got something for everybody. I mean, Dirk Hartog Island is renowned for massive Spanish mackerel, and I'd love to know. You're in a helicopter. You cruise around. You would see schools of fish that would make any fisherman froth. Mate, we've seen some of the biggest bust ups I've ever <laughs> seen, and that's yes. including on the internet, mate. Like. Yeah, the, the bust-ups we see, the schools, the bait balls, the mackies, the sharks, just, it's just, it's insane what we see. Now, before we get into the types of fish, and Herbie, you can ask as many questions as you want, but yeah. I went on a helicopter flight. Now, we went probably, we went for about 40 minutes to yep. an hour, yep. okay? So we went out to the islands, and Justin will explain what the islands and what they're called and everything, but this is what I saw in that little time. We took off. We saw a little uh, place where they have a shark nursery. Then we started going over to the islands and you saw not just one or two, hundreds of dugongs, just uh, wow. yeah, the cows of the sea. And then a couple of whales pass through. And as we uh, come back around and Justin was telling me where they do their cray fishing and everything, but we yeah. went up the coast, we come back, went up the coast, saw manta rays, saw turtles, wow. saw dolphins. It was, and that was in one flight. I've never seen so much marine life wow. from a helicopter. It's amazing, isn't it? Oh, look, and you're, you're spot on. There's so much marine life. And look, Carnarvon's really blessed the way it's situated. We're situated between two marine parks. So um, you've got the UNESCO World Heritage Shark Bay Marine Park to the south. And then just to the north, we've got the Ningaloo Marine Park. So... Smack bang in the middle. The, the fishing restrictions that apply within those marine, marine parks don't apply in Carnarvon. We've got a lot more leniency there and, um, and you can take uh, so many more fish all year round and, and the ecosystem there is just insanely productive. It is an awesome fishery over there and I've got to say, for any fisherman like me, if you're going to a destination like this, to get you in the mood, to get you mad keen, ready to go and hit a big fish... Get on board a helicopter with you <laughs> and go and watch this stuff because you would go back 
and be pumped for the next day. Like, I'm going out there. I've seen bust-ups like you would not believe. It's going to be on like Kim Jong-Long schlong tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm looking forward to having you on board one of these proper tours, Spider. I'd love to get you in the water and give you a bit of spearfishing, mate, and get you face-to-face with a few of these big tiger sharks that we got. But, um, no, nah, mate, I'd love to see you bloody hook up to one of these big Spanish mackerel. You know, you're talking metre 40s, metre 50s. and. Uh, yeah, can you you'd, talk, you'd love it. Can you talk all that? Because this is so, if you're thinking about fishing, and a lot of people travel out to Western Australia, a lot of people take their boats, they don't take their boats, they don't know the best way to do it. But you've got a couple of different options when you fish. You can fish this side of those islands that we spoke about, or you can go to the other side, and it's totally different fishing. Yeah, that's right. So we've got two islands 50 k's off the coast of Carnarvon, Bernia and Gory Island. They're both uh, Class A nature reserves. But uh, if you've got a boat, and you can get to the outside of those islands. The, the, the depths there and the fish there are just insane. Alternatively, if you've got a small family and you, and you prefer those calmer waters, you just slip on the inside, nice shallow water, but still producing awesome fish. I mean, you're talking trout, bulging groper, trevally, uh, your mackies, crayfish galore. I mean, I'm, uh, we don't even eat crayfish anymore because we get sick of eating them. <laughs> wow. That's um, ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it does. It, it, it's wild. It, it's such wild country. And um, if you're thinking about bringing a boat, bring a bigger boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that every man needs. That's what every man needs, a bigger boat. I mean... Dirk Hartog Island, Steep Point, probably one of the Steep Point. I've got to say, is probably one of the best rock fishing destinations for uh, for big mackerel from the shore. I've seen Malcolm Douglas there doing it. I've never had the chance to do it, but that's coming up. But all them places, the outside of Dirk Hartog Island, that that is grounds for massive big, you know, fifty kilo Spanish and and massive big mackerel. But like you say, the diversity there is unbelievable, isn't it? You've got trout, you've got Pelagics, you've got Trevally, you've got all these different varieties of fish. WA is a destination for any angler, I would say. Absolutely. And we've got this beautiful beach, My Bully Beach. It's 30 or 40 kilometres worth of uh, perfect dragfin salmon fishing too. Mullet. Oh. You know, we've just, we've just got everything, mate. Can, got can everything. You, can you talk us through now the two things I want to talk about? One is... The, the spear fishing and the cray fishing, uh, you know, the diving you do uh, out at the islands. And then the other side where people can actually um, stay up towards, uh, you know, some of the best rock fishing as well, where you mm. can just park your caravan, got your, uh, you know, your, your car as well, and then you just walk down and do some amazing rock fishing. That's right, yeah. So the, the islands provide awesome access to, um, to some really good crayfish stocks. So we've got the Western Red Rock Lobster up here. And it's probably the one of the best eating crayfish in the country. Um, but her, but we're talking about like just don't just oh it's some yeah, it's just it's amazing like you see the the, the colour of the water ah. and then you guys are able to just do uh, mm. just uh, jump off your young fella to just jump off and just dive and there's crayfish or spearfish like it's just insane. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's at your fingertips and look all our tours are sustainably run too so we've got rota- uh, locations that we rotate around to maintain our stocks and um yeah every custom we've had so far has caught crays and um you know sometimes it's a challenge to catch crayfish with your bare hands and um i know it took me a long time to learn and we're putting people on crayfish for the very first time and they're pulling them out by hand so wow 
That's, That's awesome. So if I, if I end up, if I'm a travel, like everyone listening here, I end up in Carnarvon, what can I expect? Just coming, like what if I sign you up, what are we doing? Where are you taking me? What do the next days look like? What can I expect coming on a heli tour and going fishing with you? So when you start talking to one of our pilots, we're, um, we're going to plan a trip based around what you want to do. So we're going to talk to you for, for an hour or so, work out what it is that interests you, what type of fishing you want to do, whether it's cray fishing, line fishing, spear fishing. Um, and then we're going to work out a, a day that really um, appeals to what you want to do. So every tour that we do is customised, it's personalised, and um, we guarantee a, a bloody great day based on what you want to do. So um, from meeting at Carnarvon Airport, we'll take off and we'll give you that beautiful scenic flight amongst that turquoise water that you talk about, the reef, the seagrass, the beautiful colours that you'd imagine that you see in every magazine. Uh, we land you on a secluded beach so that you're the only people that you're going to see for the rest of the day. And then we put you in the water. It's fully guided, the tour. The pilot is the tour guide in the water as well. So we're going to load your spear guns. We're going to, you know, bag your crayfish for you. We're going to show you all the good spots in the water, give you that full marine experience. And uh, if it's line fishing, mate, the guys are going to bait your hooks for you and take your fish off your hook. So uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, we... <laughs> hang on, hang on, oh. hang on. There's you... one thing missing. Yeah. Will he crack your tin for you? <laughs> I'm not going to crack your tin for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. That's good because I can do it myself. <laughs> What's your best catch? What do you love chasing? Oh, look, my my favourite chase is probably big mackerel on the spear um, in deep water, so black water, basically. So um, we don't necessarily put all our tourists there because it gets a bit 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 hairy at times. But, um, yeah, for me, that's that's where the thrill's at. Is there many sharks around there? I was just going to say oh. that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Who don't like sharks? shark bay for no reason. Oh, yeah. You ain't getting me in that black water diving around where I can't see the bottom. I can tell you that right now. You'd have to have eyes in the back of your head and kahunas as big as coconuts. This is yeah, but, no, you touched on it, mate. You, you, you touched on it. Seeing those spots, when we fly you out to a location that we're trying to select for you, Seeing those reefy, the, the reef and the bombing and the structure from above is is so handy when you're trying to select that fishing spot. So we'll take over and you, you'll get to choose your own spot based on what you like from from the air. Wow. That's unbelievable, isn't it? What's your favourite type of fish to cook? You know, you've got everything there. You talk about your craze. You get sick of them. If you could have any Bench. fish oh, anyway. Being yeah. sick of craze is and- like being sick of Great Northern. I've got to tell you, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> nah, look, kids and I, yeah, nah, hands down, the best the best eating fish for us is the um, is the rock cod, believe it or not, so wow. the estuary cod, um, we can't shoot them or we can't take them over a metre long, so, you know, we're taking these fish anywhere between 60 and 90 centimetres, um, but when you cook those fish up, the flesh holds together really well, so you can put it in at curry, and the fish holds together really well. It's got a real solid flesh. So, yeah, without a doubt, rock cod for me, estuary cod. Wow. Okay. What you, they, yeah. you like a curry or do you prefer crumbed or battered or just pan fried? Oh, mate, I just keep it simple normally. So just a little bit of salt on the barbecue. Oh, yeah. yeah it's the best way but the curry is the go. We, the, the, and the reason it's so good in the curry is it holds together just like chicken would, so... Yeah, it's perfect. Do it's they, a great fish. 
Do you have many big fishing comps up around there? We do have a fishing comp. We have the Canar Fin, which is held annually, and uh, and it's just growing every year, that, that competition. So a really successful event, one of Carnarvon's biggest and probably best put-together events, um, and it attracts people from all over. So, yeah, isn't fantastic it fishing is, competition. Isn't it crazy how fishing can... Um, can you know pump up a town? You know it can it can bring a bit of money in. There people come from far and wide to fish these grounds. All sorts of boats and whatnot. Some of them have no skill of the area. Some of them have you know a lot of knowledge in that area. But something as simple as a fishing comp brings everyone together in the town, pumps a bit of money into the place. People get to get out and enjoy it. You can't beat it, can you? No, boy. And and you know what? People don't realise how important recreational fishing is to a small town like Carnarvon. You know it's from people buying fuel at the servo for their boats and their cars to their to their meals, to their accommodation, uh, spending a few dollars at the coffee shop before they go out, um, those brekkie wraps we all love to take with us. And, you know, those dollars are vital to little communities um, such as Carnarvon, you know. We rely on that on that sort of tourism. And, you know, at the end of the day, when you, when you all come back and comparing catches at the caravan park, mate, it's just, you know, the... The uh, the sense of unity and the celebration and the you know it really just reinforces yeah. that little bit of holiday time that you've got and makes it super enjoyable. You're definitely right. You hit the nail on the head. Not only is it important to little towns fishing, it's important to Australia. Now I've got to ask you this. You know, as we know, fishing brings in people. It brings money to little towns. Are the bag limits? Are the government's uh, limits? and whatnot on fishing, are they affecting it in any way or are you still getting the amount of people coming to fish that area or do bag limits like put a halter, like we know it here, our mackerel have dropped from three to one per person, two per boat. Some people think that that's a waste of time going out to chase a mackerel now because you can't catch three, you know what I mean? So are the bag limits sort of hindering the fishing there or are they bringing more people? Is there more stock? What do you you call of it? I think we all agree that bag limits are an essential part of recreational fishing. I, I think that they've just become too confusing um, and over-regulated. So, you know, when you've got to actually calculate how many of this type of fish you've got and how many of that type of fish you've got and whether you can actually catch another one of these particular fish, it just becomes too much of a headache and too much risk. So it's almost, you know, you've got every man and his dog out there trying to do the right thing, yet you, you put one foot out of line and, and accidentally catch one too many demersal fish, for instance it can turn you into a criminal straight away. And the consequences are pretty severe, as you know. So, look, I think the bag limits are just a little bit too confusing and complicated. They just need to simplify it and, um, yeah. and bring it back a bit. Well Absolutely, said. yeah. They need to make things around Australia all similar. So it doesn't matter where you're travelling, you know what you're dealing with. That's the hardest thing well, at the moment. It doesn't matter what. If you talk about your licence, if you talk about yeah. anything, yeah. every every town and place is different. But, Justin, Coral Coast Helicopter Services. Herb, I've got to tell you, Justin, before we do let you go, I've got to ask you, you used to be a stock pilot, didn't you? Like, you used to, like, do musters and all Round this. Up cattle. Like, unbelievable. Like, you've seen this guy in a helicopter. It's freakish. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's right. And we're actually just we're still a mustering pilot as we speak. We're just uh we were just holding out on this today's muster for this phone call and chat with you guys. So as soon as we hang up the phone here, mate, we're gonna be ripping out to the paddock and wheeling a few of those big old Mickey bulls and <laughs> seeing what the day has. seeing <laughs> what the day has. It's amazing, is it? Well then you know, when you're a younger bloke, uh, anything go did you have any dramas when you've been out fishing? You know, just things might have gone a little bit pear shaped. Yeah, we, we've had instances where we've landed on islands and helicopters refused to start. 
Um, <laughs> come through and <laughs> I don't know what it'd be worse, seeing your helicopter not start or having a big tiger shark come up behind you, you know? Like, am I getting back in this thing to go home? It's not starting. We've got a problem. It's always a risk, mate, if the pilot gets taken by a shark. What are you passing to do? <laughs> I'd be living in the helicopter for a while, I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, we've, we've got contingencies for all that sort of stuff, but uh, no, there's always something. There's always something unique on tour, and there's always something that wows, you know, not only the clients, but the pilot as well. So, uh, yeah. Justin, thank you very much for your time. Justin here is from Coral Coast Helicopter Services in Carnarvon in WA. What an amazing place, and I can say it firsthand. I've been out there, I've seen it, and Herb, you would absolutely froth. You wouldn't come home. If you went there... I don't reckon you'd come home because you whinge about the Gold Coast being too populated yep. and you don't like it. Yep. This is the place you need to go to. But probably a town like that, I'd be the first one to be hunted out of it. Fair chance. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, good on you, Justin. Thanks for the chat, mate. You get out there, round up them bulls and stay safe on the water or in the air for that matter. Yeah. Good on you, fellas. Take care. Thanks for the exposure. Good on you, mate. Over. Well, it's uh, another Ask Me Herb, and this time from Maddie in Northern Territory. He's up, he reckons, 120Ks out of Darwin. But he says, Herb, the old hand reel, where do they play a role and are they still worth playing around with? Definitely. These, the hand line fishing is hand over fist the toughest way. Like, I've seen people trawl for big Spanish mackerel with hand lines. Really? And when you're hand over fist on a 100-pound mono and trying to pull in a 20-kilo Spanish uh, or a big coral trout, and that's where hand lines come into their own. Coral trout fishing, I feel. So you can trawl for mackerel and all that with them. A bit hectic. It's a bit of a uh, adrenaline-charged way to catch them. But when you're up on the reef, 9 out of 10 people uh, that are good trout fishermen use hand lines. Because it's one-to-one. You can't... The power is way much more than a rod and a reel. You've got no drag system. It's like hand over fist. Boom. So you can pull When you're pulling it in, obviously you need gloves and, you know, if you're doing the big stuff. You might. Oh, you don't? Nah, sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, look, there's a bit of an art to it. Yeah, there is because... Yeah, you know, how the hand reels are set up. Like, do you wind it back back on, or you just getting that? You yeah, just getting the fish in. Usually, just pull it into a bundle near your feet. That makes it a bit more interesting because if you get sharked on the way up, and you've got a bit of line wrapped around your toe, and that thing takes off. Yeah, and, well, that's so it can be very scary. Well, I remember exactly that. Um, they got the long line out, and I was pulling it back in, and same thing. I was wrapping it around, yep. and I was wrapping it around my hand. Yep. And I let it go, but then something took it and it snapped the line. But yep. my fingers would have just been toast. Yeah, yep, that's so right. So you've got to be really careful. If you've got that wrapped around and something takes that, that is not going to No, it doesn't. Pretty. End, right? No, it doesn't. And that's why most of the time uh, hand lines are predominantly mono. If you use braid in that situation, you had to take your finger probably clean off or down to the bone. So mono is the preferred way. A lot of professional trout fishermen and whatnot, they'll use finger stools, a bit of bike tube around their uh, pointer and middle finger, and that will just take it because once your line gets caught in the crease of your your finger, it cuts you. And once that cut happens and you're out at sea, the water doesn't let it heal because it's always wet, so they can be a real pain in the bum. 
uh, a good tip there is to have a little bottle of dead oil and water mixed together. So you, at the end of your day, you give your hands a bit of a spray with dead oil just to clean any germs out, give them a wrap up the next day. They're usually pretty good. But uh, hand lines, definitely one of the most, it's one-on-one battle with a fish. You... It's the showdown. It's like the boxing when you, you know, in the red corner, we got Herb. In the in the uh, blue corner, we've got Coral Trout. Yeah. And that is it. It's showtime. Yeah, that's right. And, <laughs> and when they, you know, like I said, if you hook a big fish uh, and they're taking line, you got to... You got to deal with that, you know. Like, and if you've got all this line on the deck and it's humming off, you got to get your toes out the way really quick, and then try and get the line going through your hands. It gets a bit hectic, you know. So it can be a daunting thing. I've never had them where I've reeled them back onto the hand line. I just usually because most of the time trout fishing, generally only fishing about twenty meters. Yeah, yeah. So it's not that deep, you know. Would I mean? it when it's one on one like that? You've got to be careful. Would there'd be a possibility of just ripping that? Hook straight out of its mouth, or oh, could not nah, that No, no, nah, nah. generally with trout, they've got a big mouth, and you yeah. use a big gauge hook, so a big gape in the hook. Um, and usually once they're hooked, you're dragging them straight yeah. up. Well, you'll lose more trout to rod and reel because you've got um, you've got bend in the rod, so yeah. there's your shock absorber. You've got uh, drag on the reel, so there's another shock absorber. Uh, and that fish will have time to go straight back in under the reef and blow you away, lose all your gear. Where where it's trout, you're it's straight on, bang. bite, 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 whack, and then hand over fist, hand over fist, straight to the top and so, into the life tank. So it's like a it's it's a full on exactly like a tug of war, exactly like a tug of war. And it's when showdown, yeah, it's showdown. And when you're out in the reef and there's sharks circling, it can be very daunting. So you want that fish in as quick as possible. Yep. Uh, you want him up and out of the water. And a lot of these live trout blokes, they keep them live, obviously, and sell them on the live market overseas and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, you want that fish up as quick as possible to get away from the sharks. Yep. And that is the best way to do it, handline. Some people knock them, but it is the most cheapest way, the most efficient way, and probably the most simplest way to go out and catch a feeder fish, the old handline. Yeah, do you um, sit it on the boat? You mean, you're like, you've normally got the rod in a rod holder. Do you hold on to it or you put it on? No, nah, just chuck it on the floor of the boat. Like, And then if it does start to go, it'll just peel line off yeah. it. It'll jump around the boat a bit, dive on it, yeah. tug of war again. We had an instance up at Fraser one year and we were on the western side of Fraser and we had an old hand line. It didn't have a lot of line on it. And I caught a 22-pound uh, golden trevally on that hand line. And I'd given it to me cousin, I put a live whiting on it or something, and I threw it over. Next minute, she's screaming, the handline's gone in the air, it's peeling off, and I've jumped on this thing, and and it towed us around in the tinny for probably 15, 20 minutes till I could start getting ground on this fish. And as I got it up near the boat, I grabbed its tail, and it was about 22 pound of golden Exciting. Trevally. Yeah, yeah, I was hanging out the front of the boat. It was like um, the old man in the sea. Remember that movie? Uh, And I'm getting dragged around by this big trevally. Well, and all that were in the boat were five of us, but there was none of us over 12 year old. So I was only about 10 year old. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, we were young then, and we weren't far off camp. We had a little tinny and whatnot, and we'd just go out a bit and just fish. We were young, you know, we were having a go. Um, But, you know, it wasn't until that night we had a, a whole mullet. We put a whole mullet on a massive big hook. We dropped it out. We paddled in. We put a big stake in the ground. We put the hand line over it. All right? We buried a bit of sand on it so that would stop it going sick. Uh, we waited till dark. And we couldn't quite see. It was just down the beach a bit. Went down. Had a look still there. Went back 15 minutes later. Everything gone. 
Nothing there. Gone. It, 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 I would say it was a big tiger shark. Or, or So even your reel, the whole lot gone? The whole lot. It ripped the stake out of the ground and it towed <laughs> this hand line. And we went looking and we could not find it. And you imagine trying to put, and I would say, because they do get very big shots, 17, 18 yeah. foot tigers up there on the western side of Fraser, sort of up towards Rooney or Watumba Creek. Um, and they get very big sharks up there, especially at night time. Uh, imagine playing tug of war with a 17-foot tiger. I oh, will imagine him now. He's swimming around. Yeah, I know. It's a terrible <laughs> thing. We, we were trying to keep an eye on it, but, um, I mean, they do it up there now with big rods and reels, yeah. and they have their purpose for that. But the old hand line, you know, like, you can't beat it. I mean, days up off Fraser on the beach side, and my old car that I bought, FJ40 Land Cruiser, cracking short wheelbase car, and the, the bloke who owned it, the king, good mate of mine, he used to tie a big rope off front, put a big bait out and a big tractor tube. And these sharks had hit it and they'd go, the tractor tube would take up the absorption and boof, out of the water they'd come and then they'd just reverse the thing up the beach, unhook it and let it go. A bit of fun, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people might frown on that sort of stuff, but uh, it was fun, you know, and, and uh, that was handline fishing with a car. <laughs> and that's how we did it You know yeah. Like we'd tie it to the bull bar and, and we'd watch this thing take off And it'd be exciting That would be That'd be a good comp <laughs> Only hand line Only hand line Hand line only Not a bad Doesn't comp. matter if it's uh, Down in Wyala Where you get uh, Some big reds Or even in uh, Darwin You know Northern, Northern Territory For Barra Or yeah. It would be That'd be a good comp It would be a good comp You know Look at the Flathead Classic comp That comp is all rods and reels yeah. and two different types of lures. So you imagine you go out and all you could use is a hand line and you've got to cast it out to bring your placo back or you've got to tow a hard body lure across the flats with a hand line. Now, that's fishing. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that is one-on-one. That's a battle. That's it. Eye to eye. Yeah, and, and how would you do it? Like a rod's got drag, a fish takes off, you've got bend in the shock absorber. You're hanging onto a hand line, a flathead takes off. You're only losing, using light line. This takes up, you know, you'd be fumbling with the line. You know, you got to bring it in softly. I'm going to... Oh, Absolutely. So, that's the art. I reckon it'd be a good comp. The handline classic. <laughs> mono e mono. Yep. Watch this space. <laughs> the angler's handline classic. <laughs> I reckon that would be a classic. But there you go, Spider. Handlines, they have their purpose. Uh, they're cheap. They're efficient. They work. My first fishing apparatus was a handline. Yeah. There you go. Herbie, uh, the last word goes to you. Ah, oh, we'll stay safe on the water. Have a cracking weekend. Over.